Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austin's Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. This is 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. 740thefan.com is the web address. Walking in to another edition of the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak, as presented by Michelob Ultra. Later in the show, Lisa Schwinden from Osgood, the only pro the course has ever known, is going to join us. She's got some things going on. But first and foremost, a guy who, uh, Greg, McC- I, I knew you weren't at Edgewood when it started. <laughs> I see the grin on your face. <laughs> you all right, man? It feels like it. Yeah. 1924, right? <laughs> I, I am that old. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Thank, <laughs> thank you for you. thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I, this is going to be the, uh, I think, the teaching uh, edition. And it, it's so important, and it's kind of tough sometimes to do it on radio, but um, I think we can pull this off. And I'm going to use myself as an example, certainly with Greg here in the next several minutes. You know, I think so often on the show – we focus on the the pros, the Tom Hoagies and the Amy Olsons of the world, and we focus on the Pine to Palm winners and the NDSU recruits and players who can shoot a 66 just like that. But I know most of you out there driving around or listening on the podcast or listening wherever are not that player. You're, you're more like me and that you can always use a little pointer. So everybody can use pointers. But I think uh, list, starting from and listening from a pro on, on how to maybe uh, adjust your game a little bit. And so I'm going to use myself as an example because, Greg, when my family asked me about what I wanted for Father's Day, I don't know, around May, you know, what do you, a, a, a tie or shoe, <laughs> who knows, whatever. I said, no, I want golf lessons. You know why? Because... In the last eight, nine years, my handicap has gone from somewhere around a 12 to an 18. It's been a steady decline. I just want to stop it. I, I want to play like I used to play. I once shot a 79, Greg, at your course at Edgewood, or 78 at Edgewood, and I'm nowhere near that player anymore. And I wanted to try to at least try to get back into that uh, rim. So for Father's Day, I asked for golf lessons with Greg McCullough, and that's exactly what my family did. And we're going to talk through what you did with me, because I think as an example of players out there that maybe somebody could you know, go to your local pro and, and get the same get same vibe. And so I will ask you right away, when I came to you, and what's your first step when you when a player like me goes, you know what, I'm just not the player I used to be? Well, there has to be some goals involved. You know, how involved does a player want to be? How much practice is a player going to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, does a player, um, is it is it, do we need to change a ball flight, which is most of the time what the problem is? And most of the time, you know, we hear, well, my driver goes a certain direction, but my other clubs are okay. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason that that happens is because your driver has the least amount of loft and is the longest club. So it creates the most amount of side spin, either left or right, depending on what kind of player you are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've very rarely, if ever, seen somebody who just peers it with their irons and then just 
killed just is awful with their driver. If that's the case, then maybe their driver, there's something wrong with their driver. But I mean, you really have to focus as a teacher, I think, to kind of figure out what what does a what does a pupil want to do and and what are their limitations or expectations. And then you know, again, we're uh, obviously it comes down to we're going to try to change some ball flight, whether that's left or right or shorter, longer, and then uh, we kind of go from there. In my case. My irons were okay. I, I felt okay with my irons, but the driver felt like just a foreign object. It just felt like a telephone pole, and I just couldn't hit it anymore. I was starting to use my hybrid. I, God, I was thinking about using an iron off the tee. So you saw me right away. What did you see? Well, I mean, most of the time, with and, and this is not just you, Jeff, but most of the time players get the golf club coming down in their downswing too steep. Okay. And that and that basically just means that the shaft of the club is coming too straight down. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden everything our body does reacts to that. And most of the time that is um you know irons behind the ball or driver left to right or or clubs off the toe depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you kind of try to try diagnose and and get the club on the most part, again, you know, obviously grip and all that stuff is important, but but get the club coming down at a less severe angle. And, and once you do that, right, and here's a funny thing about our bodies and about athletes, I mean, athletes especially, when you start to put the golf club in a reasonable position on the way down, our bodies start to react to that in what we consider to be a normal way. All those million things we're supposed to do, YouTube, mm-hmm. Golf Digest, Golf Magazine, all those things that you see people do. If you put all those great players that you see pictures of in the spots that we see, club face is open, shaft of the club is too vertical. They're going to do the exact same things we do because that's the only way that you can get back to the golf ball. So I know it's a foreign feeling. I mean, yes. you know, you understand that. I mean, it's it's a super foreign feeling. And it's hard because, you A, you play beside the ball, which makes it difficult. You're not in front or behind of, of where the golf ball is going. That makes mm-hmm. it harder. And, B, we don't really get to see ourselves. So you have to try to figure out what the best way is to attack it and give the player, in my opinion, give the player some indications whether they're doing it right or wrong. Greg McCall, the head professional, joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. My first, what you told me, what we worked on was the backswing mainly, and it felt so weird to me. I felt like, wow, I just, I felt like uh, Frankenstein, but you had to get me out of that wristy method, right? And, and, and so it was a, it was a tough first lesson after that. I went to the range and I just felt so foreign. And is that pretty common for, for guys like me to have to change the swing like that? It has to be. So here's a, here's the good and bad part about golf. It's hard for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a tour player or, okay. or an average player or a good it's player. It's hard for Amy Olsen. Or a poor yeah. player. Well, ask Amy about it. It's, it's very hard. And so, you know, it, again, we're trying to accomplish certain things and get to a certain goal. Sometimes it, it you know, you're not going to have a player that wants to work super hard at it, so you give them some indicators that, that, that helps them a lot. And sometimes, right, we, we mm-hmm. want to get better. And, and that working it, again, it doesn't have to be hitting a 1,000 golf balls. It certainly can be. Um, some motions to get you in what feels super foreign to start with but starts to feel a little bit more comfortable as you go along is important. One of the biggest difficulties we have in golf sometimes is we can do, if, if you're trying to do 17 things, you can do 16 things correctly in the golf swing and do the 17th 
you know, that last thing not very well and not get rewarded for what you're doing. No. So, again, that's what makes it a little hard. It feels foreign. You can't see it. You're beside the ball, all those things. So if you're going to make a change, again, we're trying to make it as easy as we can. You know, get the golf ball up on a tee. I understand eventually we got to get it on the ground. Yep. But get the golf ball up on a tee so you don't necessarily right away have to worry about that part of it. And again, or, or you're hitting it off mats. Mats are, again, that's why you see all the, all the teachers and all the YouTube videos. Most of them are hitting off mats when they're teaching when they're teaching somebody because it, it again that kind of eliminates that okay where's the ball in my swing mm-hmm. can you identify flaws in five minutes on a swing what, what's it take you all these years of experience i've got to just add up to like instant well i mean again the ball is telling you what's going on and most of the time when when the golf ball is doing something you can just see that, that that's yeah. that's what's going to happen you know there's the question and answer period before it has a lot of it um people will tell you you know again it, if, if somebody walks in and says you know what i'm slicing the heck out of the golf ball yeah i i have an image in my head of what i'm going to see and most of the time most of the time i think i'm pretty good at it yeah. it works the other way as well so i think i've gotten better i think i've gotten quicker at it again how we attack it might be a little different sometimes well it took me three lessons uh, pretty much three lessons to to change it and i have to say after starting in what mid-june or somewhere end of june i feel much better it it, it's taken a little bit it's taken a while i I played on monday and uh, never the driver i don't feel like it's 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 a it's an enemy of the state anymore I feel good with it, and I feel good with my irons, and it's all about. I see what you mean about the plane, okay. And 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 my and I'm not so my backswing. I don't feel like what am I doing here? Right. And so. and and if you think about it, Jeff, you've done a. I mean, you have practiced, right? That yep. that makes a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to take a lesson, you're never going to practice. It becomes difficult. Three months is not that long. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's it's really not. If I was going to give myself a year, honestly. Well, and, and here's the deal, right? You're you're going to progress here, right? And and that's a pretty good goal mm-hmm. because if you're trying to change a ball flight, and again, you, the whole goal here is obviously you got to find where the golf ball goes. So that's what ha- you know. Yep. Normally, we see people when they start to lose golf balls, but but it does take a little process, and we do have some. You know, history, our body has history inside it. Our brain sees things and does things in a certain way. So it does take a little concerted effort yep. to try to do things. It's it's super easy when you're trying to change things to get overwhelmed with all of the things that you're supposed to do, all of those things, yep. right? I mean, between me and you, we kind of concentrated on a couple. And when those two things get more reasonable, mm-hmm. right, yep. then all of a sudden the other things start to happen as well. Yeah, I, and I had to tell myself, stay with it. Stay with it, okay? Uh, the first few rounds after that, after even going to the range, I'd skull, I go, just stay with it. I know this is the right thing to do, and I'm staying with it. Not necessarily mean I'm scoring better. I, I find myself a lot of times in the last couple of Fridays where I played with my buddies that I hit the ball pretty good, but I forgot how to play golf. <laughs> I forgot about golf. You know, there's a, there's a method, you know? It, it, and again, that's what makes golf really frustrating or really good is mm-hmm. is you can start to hit the ball better, but your scores don't necessarily show it right away. But yeah. you're giving yourself more opportunities to make it work. Greg McCullough is the guest. He's a head professional at Edgewood Golf Course. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. I always presented... In the KRK Marina Power Sports Studios, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Edgewood has had a fantastic year. We're going to talk about that.
And we are back. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. Greg McCullough is the guest in studio. Uh, that that kind of morbid music best described my feeling of the game of golf in June. Now I'm feeling pretty good about myself. You must be feeling pretty good about Edgewood because I think the rounds, it's it's hard to get a tee time. That is that more of a sign than that? Yeah, I mean, we continued on from last year with obviously COVID, and and we were wondering what was going to happen. And here, here's the here's a big factor with everybody. If you look at it, mm-hmm. we opened March 28th. Uh, we've had um, no rain days. We've had one day where we haven't allowed carts because we got rain at night. Mm-hmm. We're you know 100 and whatever four months into the golf season, and when you get that. And the weather's been obviously hot, so our cart revenues are everybody's cart revenue is up. But yep. when the weather is good, and we have, we're still right. People still want to play, get outside, do the things that they want to do. Um, it, it it has been a it for everybody has been a fantastic year. Yeah, uh, the course condition. Uh, I, you know, some people think it's dry, but I think when you can moderate and, and legislate the amount of participation or particip- precipitation on it. Uh, you know, it helps every it helps every superintendent, does it not? It, it, it does, but here's what I will tell you, and, mm-hmm. and every superintendent out there this year has done a fantastic job because the golf courses are super stressed out. I mean, they got to be. Uh, yeah. You know, no rain um, coming out of a super dry winter. Um, play last year was heavy. Play this year has been heavier. We started earlier, so that recovery period was shorter. Uh, we've we really have had not a lot of rain. Thank God we've had two or three of those rains where we got an inch. Yeah. Um, but the golf courses in general are stressing out, and obviously we're stressing out in the areas that we can't get water to. You can really tell um, at the end of every day where our irrigation system goes and doesn't go. And, and wherever you play golf, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully they're still being able to water. Some of the smaller towns I feel really bad for that that maybe don't have that irrigation right. that. They're yeah. really struggling because they have they have no options there. So, again, kudos to the superintendents for doing a really good job with the playable areas. Um, I think all the golf courses, from what I've heard in our area, um, are in fantastic shape. And it's not easy. I mean, look at your yards. I go home and I look at my yard. My yard's a disaster. But I mean, you go play golf, and the golf courses are in good shape. So kudos you, you, to those guys. You hope the grass. You hope the grass is hibernating and not dead. Uh, yeah, I think mine's dead. <laughs> So I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I saw a tweet earlier, and it wasn't too long ago, where the Fargo Park uh, courses have gone over a million million balls on the on the on the driving range. So when I I you know I, I'm kind of a numbers freak, so yeah. I like to kind of work yeah, with give numbers, me some numbers and stuff like yeah. that. And and so that tweet was actually for the Fargo Moorhead area. We're talking Moorhead courses, Fargo okay. courses, right? I, I put FM area courses in there, mm-hmm. and and by the, the my best calculations based on the, my my peers and the guys and gals that I've talked to, and, and based on I know what we've done. Um, at that time, that was going. You know, we we I figured we'd done over 160,000 rounds of golf in town, mm-hmm. Fargo, Moorhead, Maple, uh, Oxbow, all those places, and had over a million range balls hit, and that was coming in with three months left of the season. Yeah. So, you know, I said it in a meeting. I believe if we would get in, I mean, August looks like it's going to be normal. So we'll say a normal August and a and a reasonable September. I'm going to say that, that and, and, you know, kudos to everybody who plays golf. Mm-hmm. We're going to do, in this, in just in this town, Fargo-Moorhead area, I believe we're going to do more than a quarter of a million rounds of golf, wow. which, which is amazing. I mean, yeah. that is amazing amounts. 
Do you think some of these courses open all year round even do that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You know, it it you know our our rounds are obviously squeezed into seven months. So if you add if you add twelve months out of there, I, I mean I I mean I think you know those rounds are a lot. But when you just think of this nine course nine courses that we have in a full seven month season, which is what I think we're going to get. I mean, you never know about September mm-hmm. and October, but I think we're going to do over a quarter of a million rounds. Why do you think that is? Well, a, a, we have a lot of people that love to play golf here. Thank goodness, right? I mm-hmm. mean, people are excited about it. B, I think they have some pretty good access to some great golf in this area, whether they're a member at a private course, whether they're a member at Fargo Parks courses, whether they're a member at Moorhead courses. Really, the golf courses in general are really good. There, it, it, There's no really poor qualities, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, Fargo Parks, we have they are good. Yep. five courses. They're all different. You know, you know we have some different... Um, areas that, that certain types of players can play. And I think everybody kind of hit the reset button in the last couple of years with, you know, how are we going to spend our time? What are we going to do? So mm-hmm. I think we have more togetherness in the golf community um, than we've had in a long time. Uh, before I let you go, Lisa Schwinden, who's going to be on here in a little bit, uh, you took her on as a as a student right out of college or in her first couple, of, I think she's a uh, couple, three, four years in the business. And and look what she's done now. You got to take some a certain amount of pride, I would think, in, in seeing her grow up in the game of golf. First of all, she took me on. I didn't take oh, her on. Yeah, right. No, she was she was um, at Portland State and wanted summer wanted a summer job where she could play some golf and work on her game and yep. and you know it, it just kind of blossomed from there. And, and I asked her what she was going to do when she was done with college, and she kind of. Um, had a journalism degree, I think something she like did. that. Yeah, we've yep. talked. We've we've yep. we've laughed about that. Right, right. Yeah. So I, you know, I said that you know that's great. I said if you ever thought about a career in golf, because you'd be very good at it. I mean, she's got a great a. She's got a. She's a different gender. You know, the female mm-hmm. part of it. She's got a great rapport with with everybody, but especially that especially that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, she's got an unbelievable passion for it mm-hmm. and an unbelievable worth at work ethic and when you when you put those two things together you'll see people whatever they're doing that they'll be really good at it and she's really good at it uh between you and matt cook and lisa and, and she's leaving her position after this fall that you guys have been there a long time there's a reason there must be some good i mean if you didn't like it you'd leave yeah we you know I, I think we're a very good team. Yep. We we enjoy the people we work for. Fargo Park District has been very good to us, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, we love the people who play golf in Fargo-Moorhead. You know, we're talking about Fargo courses. So uh, we've been given the ability to try to do the best we can. Um, and, and I always think that that tenure, if you're not changing it every other year, you kind of create you create some things going along. And, and, and we are getting long in the tooth, but we're still hanging in there. Well, there's some loyalty there, too. There's some unbelievable loyalty on, on, on everybody's aspect, the player's aspect, the employer's aspect, our aspect, um, and it's been a great run. Well, I think because we live damn near in the arctic circle and it's 30 below i i we but we appreciate golf i think we we do more i i i totally agree with that i mean we do anyway just on you know let's let's go back more than two years right we when spring comes we appreciate what's going to happen with the weather and we appreciate and know that we have five great months seven months hopefully of what we're going to be able to do outside and then you add the aspect of you know we have good facilities it just kind of breeds itself yep
Thank you, Greg. You bet, Jeffrey. Great keep, stuff. Thanks keep, for helping my game. Yeah, keep working at it. I, I, you know what? Um, it was the best thing I could do. And I can't stress enough for people out there driving. I know you're all not one handicappers. I know that, right? What What is the average handicap? 25? Yeah. it's. It, it, I mean, it, people with handicap, it's probably around 25. And then the average player is probably a little more than that. So people, you know, people think they should shoot par. Par yeah. is an, uh, a score for an expert, right? Very yeah. few. Less than one half of 1% probably can do that yep. so everybody other than a thousand people are regular players see so your local pro i highly recommend it this is jeff kopak we'll be back right after this did you hit it twice chili dipper did you hit it twice chili dipper Welcome back. This is the Golf Show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. Thanks again for Greg McCullough for joining us. As usual, the uh, the pros in the Fargo public system have been there a long time, and there's a reason because they enjoy it and they're good at it. And so uh, the, there's always teaching within a moment's notice of anywhere in the city. So take advantage when you can. Speaking of that song, it's outdated. That was hit it twice. That was when you couldn't hit it twice. I believe now you're allowed to hit it twice. And aren't you not Lisa Schwinden with the uh, uh, with the change of the rules a few years ago? That's a new rules change, and isn't that great? Because that is the worst shot in golf to, to hit it twice and then get penalized <laughs> like you like you did that on purpose, or you got a benefit from that somehow. Well, first of all, thank you for joining us, the sh- joining the show. And second, congratulations on your new position that you'll start. Next spring, the director of of teaching, right at the Fargo Country Club, and uh, that's good stuff. Um, what? How did this come about? Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, you know, teaching has always been my passion, as you know from the 16 years I've been here at Osgood, trying to grow the game and get new players in, and private lessons and group lessons. It's just what I absolutely love to do, and I've gotten to the point now where my my schedule, teaching us, is so full. Um, then I want to be able to commit more time to it. So mm-hmm. um approached Sparta Country Club this, this spring and the summer and worked out a plan with them to get to teach full-time there. Um, it's really a dream job for me, and I, I just am so excited. I'm going to miss so many wonderful people here and so many of the so much of the great leagues and, and groups that we've done here, but uh, it's going to be a really nice change for me. Before we get to the, the new gig at the Country Club, uh, let's, let's review your years at Osgood because there's so much to talk about. You're the only club pro the course has ever known. And when you took over, let's start with that first year, if you can remember. What were things like as you embarked on a new adventure there? Well, it was brand new. I mean, this side of town, too, was barely, there was nothing. Right. Uh, no, no development out here, no barely even roads, gravel roads. Um, I couldn't even find the place when I came out to look at it before I interviewed <laughs> for the job. And uh, the changes in 16 years has just really been unreal. You know, people who are from out of town or haven't been back in a long time, but come out here just amazed at the growth. And that's exactly what the golf course has seen too. First year we opened, we opened in the middle of June. Um, you know, it, it was just in a, basically in a wild, wide open field, nothing mm-hmm. around. And now it's practically in the heart of the city and just busy all the time. I remember when I first went out there too, the first time I couldn't find it either. I, and that was before GPS. I think I, you know, took a few turns around out there and I'm going, where yeah, is this place? Yeah. For years, people would get lost trying to find it. Cause yeah, it wasn't on GPS and there were a lot of 
you know, gravel roads before Veterans Boulevard was even, there was no Veterans Boulevard. I take 40th, 40th Avenue to work. That's and, right. And then when they put veterans in, then I would take Cheyenne and yeah. So there's streets out here that weren't even here. I suppose it was every, I suppose it was every day you heard people coming in and go, why in the hell did they build a golf course way out here? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> like it's out in the middle of nowhere. And boy, that, that thinking forward of, of planning, um, Somebody had a great plan. Yep. Was that your first job? I used to work uh, first head pay job. Yes. Yes. I, I finished the PGA program in 2005, mm-hmm. um, right before we opened here. So it was my first head pro job. I worked for Greg McCullough uh, for five years before that up at Edgewood, and boy, those were we always joke with Greg about what the phenomenal staff he had. Mm-hmm. He had Matt Cook worked for him. I worked for him. Um, all the same year, like he had the greatest all-star team of employees <laughs> ever, and he's just gone downhill now. <laughs> Getting rid of all of us, or maybe uh, maybe it's a lot better for him. But yeah, we all uh, working for Greg was just a phenomenal experience too. I think a lot of listeners don't know this about being head pro that not only do you take over the course and you oversee the course and you oversee instruction, but you oversee the golf shop, and that's one part of the business I don't think a lot of people know about. Was that hard for you to? take over something like that? You talk about merchandise and ordering and all that stuff. Yeah, the golf pro, you know, my job is so many different hats. Um, and, and one of those things, like you said, is running and owning the pro shop too. And I was really fortunate to work for Greg because Greg gave me the opportunity to help do a bunch of the ordering a lot for um, the women and leagues and, and help with his ordering uh, when I was there. And that really gave me a lot of information that I would have normally not had mm-hmm. so coming in i was pretty comfortable with that but yeah it's a totally different you know to be a golf pro not only do you have to be an expert in the game and instruction but you've got to be an expert at business you need to know budgets you need to know merchandising um lots of business stuff that you know you would think geez what does a golf pro need to do that all they do is teach and play golf mm-hmm. um and it's not it's it's really it's a very unique uh, so many different facets, facets of what we do every day. Lisa Schwinnen is the guest of the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, brought to you from KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. I think, and this will go down as an obvious statement, but a lot of people will know, I think your greatest contribution was bringing more females and women into the game of golf. And it's got to be very satisfying for you. I know. My wife, you 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 fit her with clubs, pink clubs, and and yeah. you know it, it just it just fit her to the T. Is that your crowning jewel at Osgood? If you were to look back, yeah, and it's definitely one of the things that's going to be absolute most difficult for me to leave um, is our ladies' league. Uh, from from the beginning, you know, the first year we started with sixteen, twenty players, and then have grown it so much now to it's full tea times from three o'clock to six thirty every Tuesday and it's five some. So it's 120 some players every Tuesday night that are want to play and committed to playing. And the league is full um, mm-hmm. and we get teams on the waiting list every year. So the potential to even grow it more is there. Um, yeah. It's that's really one of the, the things that will be absolute hardest for me to leave and that I am so proud of to get new players into the game and players that maybe weren't comfortable playing other places, yeah. um, but are comfortable here. So that's going to be, going to be a, a very challenging last, for me. but um, I'm yeah very proud of, of what that league has turned into. How do you think you did that? When you, when you look back you just can't throw and say, Hey, I'm a, 
I'm a, I'm a female golf pro, come and play. Yeah, I think you obviously connected w- with women to do that. It's not always easy. You can you can tell and you can preach, but how do you think that was accomplished? Yeah, I think it's all just by um, respecting people and value, valuing having them at your facility. So in our ladies league, we, we don't really care what you shoot. We don't care what your score is. We're always playing a team game that's fun. It's relaxed. It's more about the people mm-hmm. and less about the quality of golfer you are. You know, I've played golf for a long time. I know it's a hard game practice and play. You've got a job, you've got children, you've got a family, you've got all these other priorities. Lots of people don't have time to practice. And the only way to really get better is to have a lot of practice and to devote time to it. So changing the expectations of, okay, maybe you're not the greatest player, but what does that matter? Who cares? You can't still come out and have a great experience and play a four or five person scramble and make the game rewarding and make those relationships important. I think that's really what has helped grow it Mm -hmm. is knowing people's names and appreciating them, having them here. And it's not based on their skill level. I would imagine you saw a lot of examples of the working mom who works all day, has two or three kids at home, has to tend to that husband's out of town or whatever. And then maybe the golf course at Osgood is the one place to get away. Yeah, a hundred percent. Our ladies league night has got just those people. You know, you worked all day long, you organized your kids, you're doing all this other stuff, and then you have your two hours here on Tuesday night mm-hmm. that is with your friends, you're having a beer, you're relaxing, you're getting some exercise. Golf is not the most important thing. It's the social experience and, and having those two hours or three hours of you time. Everybody needs time for to help themselves and to be able to not think about all that other stuff and catch up with their friends, and this is a great way to do it. I think one of the reasons you're starting the Fargo Country Club job next spring is to give some time here, a, a little <laughs> a little buffer of yeah. going away zone. It's I, uh, <laughs> that, nice of you to do that. A lot of people say, two weeks, I'm out of here. Yeah, no, I, you know, there's no way I would be able to leave immediately or, yeah. or even in two weeks. I want to physics and all this stuff through to the end. And it's going to be a lot easier for me to be able to, the end of the season, you know, we say our goodbyes normally each year because then I don't see people to the spring. And so it's going to be another goodbye. It's just going to be a very different goodbye. Yep. Lisa Schwinnin is a guest. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to look ahead with what she plans on doing with the director of golf instruction of the Faro Country Club. It's it's a different job, but she's not going far away. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Stay with us. And we return. This is the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. Lisa Schwinnin is a guest. It will be the new director of golf instruction at the Fargo Country Club starting next spring. Currently wrapping up her 16th season as a head pro at Osgood Professional in South Fargo. I have a problem with that song. I, I've had it. First of all, it's not a sand trap. It's a bunker. It's a bunker. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, depending on if you're following the rules of golf or not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Director of, of golf, uh, what, what what are your hopes and dreams starting next spring? Well, it's, it's really um, going to be very similar to the stuff I'm doing here as far as getting to start new programs mm-hmm. and work 
primarily with growing the game, getting new people in. I think the best part is that I'm still uh, going to be able to teach members and non-members. So I'll keep Golf with Lisa my normal website and keep my booking uh, program and people can book online and, and just come to a different facility instead. So that part is great for me. But I also get to bring us, it'll be a little bit different format. Um, particularly because I'm going to have so much more time now mm-hmm. to expand things and work on stuff. And things have grown so much here. Um, this just gives me such a great opportunity to get better instruction, to focus focus programs um, specifically to make them even more impactful and better for our participants. When did you think teaching was in your future? Was it playing college golf at the University of Portland after that? When did you think you that know, this was the thing to do? Yeah, I think it was working for Greg at Edgewood. I would be working behind the counter and ladies would come up who were brand new and wanted to take a lesson, but were super nervous and didn't really, you know, know what to do and not comfortable with the golf course. And I thought, you know, this is, this is, this is easy. This is helping people learn the game that, that are not comfortable there, making the game accessible, making it fun. Um, that's kind of when I knew that this was something that, that would that I love would love to do and mm-hmm. that there's a for and a need for. And from there, frankly, it was kind of easy. What is it about, because golf's not easy and, and you talked about nerves, that, that first lesson, say some, somebody comes up to you and goes, I want to start golf, but I'm just not good at it. How do you respond to the first or second lesson? Yeah, we talk about it. It's great. We try to make it as, re- as relaxed as comfortable because we all that the more comfortable and relaxed you can be, the better it is. So if you're nervous or frustrated or tense or any of those things, it's going to be worse. So think about how nervous people are to start with, how challenging it is to then make it comfortable if you don't know what you're doing. So taking a lesson is absolutely the best way to start. So you feel comfortable. Some of, a lot of things we do is we talk through a lot of the things in the swing that are positions that you need to know. And a lot of times it's opposite of what the advice you're getting from other people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the keep your arms straight, keep your head down, squat down, all those things are not really things you want to do. And they just make it tougher for beginners. Um, so we walk through all of that stuff so that people just feel more comfortable being out there. And we talk about, you know, there's no question that's dumb in a first lesson. Of course, mm-hmm. how do I practice? How do I go to the driving range? How do I use the range machine? Where do I check in? Those are all super normal questions that, um, you know, anything you need to get more comfortable and to feel comfortable with the facility is just fine. The junior program at FCC, the junior programs around the around the city, Fargo-Moorhead, have been just outstanding. What's, uh, what's the plan at FCC for the juniors? Well, we're going to make a lot of changes, which will be great, because what I find here have grown just amazingly especially with covid last year and this year our junior stuff has just been off the charts the size and because you know teaching for me has been kind of a part-time gig right now i've just not been able to put the time into it that i want so i will have all winter to plan to make changes to the program to make them better for the kids mm-hmm. um so right now i'm kind of gathering information with uh people who've taken our, our groups and, and done our junior stuff before and how to make it better and talking with our instructors and get to bring a lot of them with me too, which is going to be great. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep a lot of our same private junior instructions, uh, instructors, and, as well as those kids that are teaching our, our camps and our, our groups. So it'll be a little bit of a change, um, 
but in the beginning right now, still working on how I want things to what they're going to be like. Now, the Junior League program, I think, has been a real success. You plan on doing that, and, and what, what do you like about that? You know, um, we do, we've do. we done a little bit different format of that. Instead of the PGA Junior League, we've done a kind of an in-house version of that okay. that gets a little bit more kids involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to look at the PGA Junior League and see. I know that the club's got a really phenomenal team. I know some of the kids that are on it, and they're really great. Uh, love to expand, um, do more. You know, every year I'm invited to, to have a girls-only team, which would be phenomenal because I know yeah. a bunch of girls that would be awesome. Um, but in the beginning, you know, still got to take and keep keep an eye on what programs I can do and keeping it, uh, you know, just the best for the kids. And so the uh, Davies girls golf parents of Davies girls golf players can remain breathing easier. You're still you're not giving that gig up as a head coach at Davies. Oh, absolutely not. Yep. You know, we start a practice on Monday, and uh, our team is absolutely phenomenal this year again. We've got, gosh, we are top twelve girls or played um, played eighteen holes this week to qualify for six spots. Um, our highest score on eighteen holes was one hundred and three. Mm-hmm. So we got at least 12 girls that legitly can play, if not more. And I've got some young girls coming up that are going to be phenomenal too. So it's just a great program. The girls are have totally bought into it. They work really hard. They know what the expectations are. Um, yeah, I would like to stick around with that as long as they'll keep me. What do you do with a high school practice? How do you develop a team from reporting to practice in the middle of August until maybe the end of September what are some, you know, do you, do you put some players in some drills? Do you let the better players do that? How do you, how do you formulate a team and, and get them playing better in a month and a half? Yeah, we do a little bit different than a lot of other places. We don't split our JV University, so everybody's playing basically on the same team. And even everybody's got the opportunity to go to qualifying mm-hmm. and qualify that day to play in a varsity event. So I think that helps because you've got some JV players starting out that maybe are new or young or kind of don't know the routine who, as they go along, will advance really quickly. Mm-hmm. And we never want to limit our players. Um, so we give them the opportunity to play varsity. So all players are expected to maybe not perform the, you know, whatever the drill is, but to practice that drill. So all of the practices are together. We're doing drills together. You know, our best player and our newest player maybe hasn't played before working on the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really brings the level of expectation. It just raises it and everybody, um, the whole team then gets better quickly. And it's a great environment uh, for the new players to kind of get in there and then raise the bar even higher. Lisa Schwinden and his guest is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show as brought to you by Michelob Ultra on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. A couple of minutes left with Lisa. You don't limit players, so if you try out, you play. Yeah, you just need to do the requirements um, to get on the team, which basically means that either you, for us, what we do is you got to play in two events during the summer, mm-hmm. and if you can't or don't, then you need to come to the first day and you need to shoot a certain score for qualifying. So in the summer, you can play any two tournaments you want. doesn't matter what they are. doesn't matter what scores you shoot. You just need to show that you've done something this summer to be committed to the program and to get better because that's the time we need you to be practicing. Because once season starts, we started on Monday, we play a tournament on Friday, we play Monday, Tuesday, we mm-hmm. play Thursday. There's no time for swing adjustments. There's no time to be working on stuff. You know, it's very minimal adjustments. It's more course management stuff and qualifying and playing. So you do that, 
that's it. Then the expectations are you work hard and you prepare, and that's all we ask of you. You know, you never get in trouble for shooting a bad score or having a bad round. Cause, right. Man, we all would be getting trouble. What do you do over the winter? What, what, is a, what, is, what does a golf pro like Lisa Schwinden do over the winter? So last year was the first year I went to Arizona full-time, and mm-hmm. it was great. I played a little bit of golf. I didn't work, um, just planned, basically, for this season. Um, right now I'll go down to Arizona again in November and probably come back. I don't know when's the weather going to get good here in the spring. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Maybe question. April is yeah. early April, probably come back. Um, and I hope to do a little bit of teaching down there this winter, but if it doesn't work out, um, I'm going to spend a lot of time planning for next year. So laying the foundation for some good programs and getting, uh, everything set up is mm-hmm. going to be my primary, primarily goal, goal this winter. And I found it's a lot better to do that next to the pool yeah. instead <laughs> of, looking at a snowbank. Do you have to do continuing education as a teaching pro? Yeah, we do. Um, and ironically, when I did my the master professional program two years ago, uh, the, the amount of education points I got for that basically gave me the what I needed for like the next two, three years. Okay. So I'm, I'm set for a while, but yes, we do uh, a variety of participation things, meetings, education, a whole bunch of different stuff. Well, congratulations on the on the new gig, Director of Golf Instruction at the Fargo Country Club. Again, not till next spring, but uh, glad you're still staying in the area. That's that's good news for area golfers. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. That's Lisa Schwinden, the head pro at Osgood, wrapping up her 16th year, and again, we'll be at FCC next spring. That'll do it for this edition of the Teaching Golf episode. Thanks again for Greg McCullough for joining the show. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit them straight.